So I'm going to do my best this morning to share from my heart and not from my notes. Is that okay with you guys? Just want to share with you guys that the Hillsong team has landed safely in Chicago. They should be back, hopefully, by the time second service is getting done. And they have had a phenomenal time. God's just done incredible things in each and every one of their hearts. And I look forward to them coming back and spilling it all over us. Amen? That you guys probably saw my announcements for the week, and I made the joke about, while the cat's away, the mice are going to play. And let me tell you, we have not had time to do any playing around here. I talked to my husband last night, and he said, so it's probably been really nice for you, hasn't it? You just kind of come and go and do what you want to do. And I said, I don't know what universe you're living on. I'm like, you left me with a very neurotic dog. And I'm like, if I'm at home, she wants me sitting by her. She wants me touching her. She wants me just, what? I'm like, why did you spoil this dog? You know? And um, he just laughs. He thinks it's hysterical. Um, but I just want you guys to know, even the church has been crazy. This morning, our in-ear monitors would not work. They actually went out Thursday night at practice. So we rushed ordered a whole new rack to get it here so we would have in-ears. We worked on them yesterday. We got them working. And wouldn't you know it, this morning, nada. 7 o'clock to 8.14, and I'm threatening everybody. Anybody tells my husband this, y'all are in big trouble. And they're like, well, we're not going to have live stream, and he's going to know. And I said, you guys better get this fixed. I'm like, because it'll stress him to no end. So, hey, all you watching on live stream, hey, you guys headed home from the Hillsong Conference. We missed you guys. But, um, you know, that... I really thought I had big plans for this week and the things I wanted to do. And I started preparing for this message and I started studying and, you know, I was going to get in the Bible and make it this deep theological thing. And I'm praying about it and I went home one night and I'm cleaning out my closet and I'm really battling because that's not me. I am not the deep theological person. I'm not the one that's going to pull truths out. And I try to, and I just get confused, and that brings confusion to all y'all. So as I'm pulling out stuff out of my closet, I'm just praying and saying, God, let me give them what you want them to have. And as I was praying that, I came across this old necklace of mine, and it had the word journey written across it. And God just took me down my journey of where I've been to where I am now, and he said, I want you to share that with the people. I want them to know that you're on a journey with them. I want them to see the things you struggle with. I want them to know your heart. And so this morning, you guys, I'm going to share my journey with you. Is that okay? Because I think some of you are going to see yourselves along the way. And I'm so excited about what God's going to do. I, all I kept telling the team while they were waiting to set up and do all the practicing was, guys, today's going to be a phenomenal Sunday. I don't know what God's got in store, but man, the enemy's coming against it. Our natural covering is gone. But you know what? He doesn't get any say over our earthly or over our spiritual covering, right? God gets the final word, and he's the one to be glorified this morning. And so I am just super excited about what he's doing. So can we pray real quick? So God, we just thank you this morning, Father, for the covering that you have given us in our life, God. But we thank you that you are the final authority. You are the one who gets all the glory, Father. 
So I pray this morning, Father, that in everything that I say, Father, that it would glorify you, that it would set captives free. God, I thank you for the journey that I have been on. But Father, I look forward to the steps that are ahead of me. God, the places you're going to take me, the things you're going to teach me. Father, everything from my past has led up to this point right here. But Father, you've got more, and you've got more for every son and daughter sitting in this room. And I pray this morning that we would see that. And we just give you this time, and I pray that you would be glorified in all of it. We just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm kind of going to give you guys a little bit of backstory about me. So I was raised in a very small community in Oklahoma. And when I say small, it was 250 people. I had 87 kids in my school. That was kindergarten through senior in high school when I graduated high school. I had seven kids in my class that I graduated with, including me. Three of them were my cousins. <laughs> Not even joking. Half the community was made up of my cousins. They might as well have just called it Tharpville, you know, because all of us were there. And I'm not going to lie, I was, a, I was a big fish in a little pond, you know? Have you guys heard that saying? You can be a big fish in a little pond? And that's what I was. I was, you know, the president of my class. I was the cheerleading varsity person. I played basketball. I averaged 30 points a game. I mean, I was just a huge fish in this little bitty pond. And then I went to college, where I became a little fish in a huge pond. And all of a sudden, my identity started being stripped away, and I had no idea who I was. And um, through a process of all kinds of crazy things, I ended up living in Arizona, which is where my husband and I met. And you guys don't know this about me either, is the life that I'm living now is not the life I had planned out for me. The life I had planned out for me, I was going to be a basketball coach's wife. I was going to teach high school, and I was going to live in Oklahoma. I dated a pastor's kid growing up, and I flat out said, if you're going to be a pastor, tell me now, because I am not marrying a pastor. <laughs> I'm like, I refuse to marry a pastor. I've watched what your parents go through, and I'm not going to do it. And so I end up moving to Arizona, and um, my sister said, you need to come meet these three guys. And I know I've told this before, but the first two guys, I was like, my sister's been out of the dating scene way too long, <laughs> way too long if she thinks either of these guys are for me. And then she's like, we're going to go to a church on Sunday, and I want you to meet the youth pastor. And I'm just thinking, oh, what's this guy going to be like? I mean, I'm going to Pentecostal church, which I was raised a Methodist. I'm like, these are crazy people. So now she wants me to meet some weirdo crazy dude that she thinks I need to get together with. And, um, you know, and little did I know, I went and met him. And you guys, it was just love at first sight. I know you've heard him talk about it and how I was dressed and everything. But you guys, I walked away saying that's the man I'm going to marry. And I was like, I don't even know how that's possible. Because really, I thought he was like 35. He's always had gray hair and just been older than, <laughs> you know. And he's always just carried himself in such a way that's amazing. And I'm like, I don't know how that's even possible. And he had some lady there that kept rubbing his shoulders. And I was like, man, 
touchy-feely church, all right. But yet when I left, I knew that I knew that that was the man I was going to marry. And which was so funny because I had told God all along, I am not going to marry a pastor. You know, I think I probably must have said never in there. But um, so we get married. And that day that we got married, something in me changed. And a part of me died. Because I went to the pastor's wife and I'm like, okay, what's a, tell me, what, what do I do? I don't know anything about being a pastor's wife. What do I? And she said, honey, your job now is to stay at home and to raise your kids. You're to be seen at church but not heard at church. You are to um, never take away the spotlight from your husband. You just be the little lady at home. I was like, say what? I didn't sign up for this. This time out, you know? And I stayed in that, you guys, for years, thinking I couldn't do anything, thinking I couldn't say anything. When we moved here, like, I didn't talk. We would have dinner with people. Like, yeah, Bob Melitzer remembers. <laughs> we would have dinner with the board, and I would sit there quiet. We would go to dinner with anybody, and I would sit there quiet because I was told that's what I was to do. And little by little, God has been teaching me that I am his workmanship that he created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for me to do. And I was challenged with how many people have I missed opportunities for because I believe the lie of the enemy. Now, I'm not calling that pastor's wife the enemy. I'm not. She is as sweet as they come. Well, she's passed away now, but she is as sweet as they come. But it was just a trap the enemy tried to put me in. But through that, you guys... I became very jealous. I became very jealous of why does he always get to be the one that people come and tell me how great he is? Why does he always get to be the, you know, I'm doing all the behind the scenes stuff. And the first point that I have for you guys is God showed me that because my journey plays a very important part in everybody else's journey. And if I'm not being obedient along my journey, how many opportunities am I missing that could have changed your guys' life? How many opportunities have I missed to sit in somebody else's presence while you guys change my life? There are so many opportunities that went bygone, but God just kept reminding me, you're not doing this for the accolades of men. You're doing this because I created these works for you to do, and I prepared them in advance, and you need to do them. Get your eyes off of being in the spotlight or not in the spotlight. None of that matters. All that matters is your obedience to, to me and what I've told you to do. Eye-opener, you know? He's like, you have made other people stumble on journeys because of your disobedient. And it was a hard one to swallow because he created works, guys, for each and every one of us to do in this room. Everything that we do is a work that he created for us to do. I don't care if it's you're cooking dinner for your husband. I don't care if it's taking your kids to school. Whatever it is, we have the opportunity at that time to be his hands and his mouth and to speak life into them and to speak destiny into them, to change whatever may be going on. Or we can sit there and say, why do I always got to be the one cooking dinner? 
Why am I always the one that's got to drive the kids to school while they scream? And, you know, we got to start looking at it as it is an opportunity to be his hands and his feet to whoever it is that he has put in our pathway. Amen? I want to tell you guys what God did in my life in those days. God taught me to be very um, aware of people that do things behind the scenes, of people who we don't normally see, of people who they get here early on Sunday mornings. And you guys, my heart is just so full of gratitude this morning for those of you sitting in this room who you do that nobody else sees because you guys are doing God's work that he prepared in advance for you to do. I don't care if you're on the parking lot team and you're holding a sign that says, welcome to church. You are being the first representation of him to those people driving on these grounds. I don't care if you're on the worship team up here playing. You are his hands and his feet at that opportunity. Amen? Those are good things that he put in line for you guys to do. And this morning, I just want to take a few minutes, and I want to honor some people in this room because you guys do the things that nobody else sees. But I want to tell you guys, I see you. I'm thankful for each and every one of you, and I know I don't get the opportunity to tell you guys, but I see you. And let me tell you, my husband and I would be idiots to think that we could ever stand up here and it would be all about us because none of this happens without all of this. You guys are the heart. You're his hands. You're his feet. And he has created us for such a time as this. Amen? So this morning, do you guys mind if I honor a couple of people just to say thank you and I see you? Okay, so first of all, I'm going to name off a category, and I'm going to list them real quick, and then I want you guys to stand up if that's you so we can all see. First of all, I want to start with our First Impressions team. This is a group of people who they are welcoming in all of our people. They are just really, really being Jesus' hands and feet. So if you are a parking lot attendant, if you are an usher, a greeter, connect center, work in the cafe, Chris, I knew I was going to need my phone for this one. Um, I should have had it ready. Sorry, guys. Um, if you're an usher, a greeter, a parking lot attendant, connect center, a host, hostess, cafe, custodial, or FCMA student, I'm going to ask you guys to stand up right now so we can all tell you thank you for what you guys do. I thank you guys for being the first people that guests see when they arrive here on a Sunday morning. You guys show him off so well. Amen? Second group that I want to say thank you to is our ministry teams that make Sunday mornings happen because, guys, this isn't the only ministry that takes place. Right? So, the ministry team, if you are a part of the nursery, the clubhouse, Route 66, Freedom Friends, or youth ministry, would you guys please stand right now? <laughs> FCMA, too. Sorry, FCMA. Thank you, guys. I also want to take a special few minutes and say thank you to Matt and Michelle Stokes, if you guys would stand up. 
Could you guys stand up, please? Guys, this is Matt and Michelle Stokes. They have faithfully headed up our nursery department for the past 10 years. We are celebrating 10 years with them today. And I don't think they've ever taken a Sunday off unless it's absolutely necessary. Even when Michelle has given birth, I think she's taken one Sunday off and been in there the very next Sunday. And you know why? She doesn't do it because she wants to do it. She does it because she knows the importance of loving on your children, of speaking life into them, of speaking destiny into them, of getting to look you in the face and say, how are you today? You know, that's what that family does, and we have a lot to be thankful for for them today. So Matt and Michelle, thank you both very much. You guys make this possible. Okay, the next one that I want to say thank you to is our pastoral care team because you guys without the prayers that it takes to happen here without people to take care of us in this room none of this happens right i was just telling the prayer circle this morning that so many times i catch myself saying all i can do is pray and god has been rebuking me lately because he said you're moving heaven and earth when you're praying you are doing so much more than you could possibly think and that that's a lie from the enemy to keep all of us from fighting on our hands and our knees but if you are somebody in this room who that's all you can do thank you because you are moving heaven and earth for everybody amen so if you are a part of the altar workers intercessory prayer team pastoral care team 50 chair pastors or FCMA, I'm going to ask you guys to stand up right now. <laughs> if nobody's noticing, FCMA does a lot around here. <laughs> and that's, I'm so thankful for each. And they pay to be here, you guys. Isn't that so incredible? Um, also, the next crew is our creative team. This team works so hard, and usually the only accolades they get is, hey, you're doing it wrong. Hey, the lights are too bright. Hey, I didn't like that song. Hey, you know what? But today, I want to say to our creative team, I see you guys. I know your hearts. They're amazing, and thank you for ushering us every week into the presence of the Father. And I am so looking forward to Pastor Kyle getting back and just breathing new life into that and his team. But he's not here this morning. So I am going to ask all of the creative team to stand up, which is our worship team and band members, the sound techs, our light techs, the camera operators, our live stream team, lyrics computer person, FCMA... <laughs> and our graphics design team. So if that's you, would you guys please stand up? It takes broad shoulders to do what you guys do, and I thank you guys for doing that. And you guys make us look so much better than we ever are, you know? You show us off to the world in a way that we could never have imagined, and I thank you for that. This next category, I am not going to ask these people to stand because I know they would not want to stand, but I want you guys to know 
that what we do around here couldn't happen without you guys. And so I'm going to just acknowledge you, and then we're going to thank you. Um, we have some businesses in the community who do stuff for us for free that make Sunday mornings happen. Um, ew, sorry. Um, we have Eradico, which is our exterminator company, so that we don't have little things crawling all over the place and little mice scurrying about. We have a family in the church that has donated that service, so every week we have somebody coming out and helping with that. We have the Rockman family, who has always been so generous with doing our bulletins for free. So when you guys look at those, you need to know that's a gift from God that's in your hand, and that that is made possible by generous people in the church. We have CGC, which is Clearwater Group Corporation, that um, they supply all of our bottled water, guys. Never take a penny for it, but yet they give us water on a monthly basis so that we can make sure our worship team is well hydrated, ready to go, that our volunteers are being, you know, have drink, and it's so incredible whether somebody delivers it or people are here on the Sunday morning, they all display the love of Christ in an amazing way, and so we just thank them for that. I thank everyone who sows seed on a regular basis here at the church. I thank Tony Brown, who cooks lunch for us in between services so that we're full and can go on, and Jeff Waltz, who doesn't get enough recognition around here. But without him, guys, none of this happens. And I just want to take a second and tell all of them thank you for what they do. So on your way out this morning, if you volunteered in any of those, we have gone and got you guys just a little gift, and it's just a little beverage. I always seem to make that awkward, but there's a little beverage for you guys to grab on the way out and just to remember that it's from a grateful heart that sees you guys and know that we couldn't do any of this without you. And I am so, so thankful for you. If you're a volunteer in the children's ministry, Pastor Les and Denise have donuts for you. So you have to go down to their room, actually, to get those donuts and for them to say thank you. And if you are not yet a volunteer around here, the guest room is actually going to be set up today for you guys to go in and to ask questions about where you can get involved, what you can do. Some of them require showing up on Sunday morning and smiling. Some require being here more. Children's ministry, you guys, takes 70 people on a Sunday to make it happen. The youth ministry takes over 20 people. None of that happens, guys, without you. And thank you so much for being his hands, his feet, letting him use you as he has prepared good works for us to do in advance. Amen? Oh, my. Okay. Um, point two is when you guys are on a journey, you may be surprised at who God sends to meet the need that you may have. A couple of years ago, I was in a very, very dark spot in my life where I, God was just bringing me out of the, you have to be the little lady that stays at home, you have to be quiet, you have to, but God was birthing something in me, and I knew I had to get it out, but I didn't know how because I was told to be quiet, and I had never told my husband this, and all of this was keeping pent up for years, and God was starting to bring it out but I was going through such a dark spot that I didn't know. I started getting physically sick, and I started going from 
doctor to psychiatrist to counseling session. I mean, I was just going after anybody. Please, somebody fix me. Somebody tell me what's wrong. Somebody, you know, going after everywhere. And on my journey, God sent me the most unlikely person that I could have ever imagined. And guys, you want to put that picture up there? God sent me this little girl. This is Ashlyn. She was two and a half in this picture. But earlier in that year, guys, she kept calling me Sozo. And I just kept saying, oh, great, even the little kid thinks I'm so-so, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, that just adds salt. Just pour it in. Okay, God, you know you're calling me to do these things. But now I'm being told I'm so-so, and I'm not going to step out if it's going to be so-so. You know, I'm just, God, please. And God said, you need to look that word up. And I was like, okay. And I looked the word up, you guys, and it means saved, healed, delivered. It was God's way of saying, you are saved, you are healed, you are delivered. Now you need to start walking in that and stop looking to people to fix you. I've already fixed you. You just got to be obedient and start walking in that. And God used her to do that. You guys, she is 10 years old today. She's sitting right over here. She still has such a special place in my heart because she still calls me. This is Ashlyn and her little brother, Ramsey. And you guys, both of them call me Sozo. And every time they do, it just reminds me, God has set me up for such a time as this, that he has saved me, that he has healed me, that he has delivered me, and that he does not expect me to be quiet about that, but he expects me to share my testimony. He expects me to invite others on my journey, and he is doing incredible things. And I could have totally missed it, you guys, if I would have had my eyes off of the little one and just been like, yeah, yeah, I, I need to talk to your mom. She needs to fix me, you know? I was so surprised that God sent a little two-year-old girl into my life to help me on my journey. And I just want to encourage you guys, you may not know who that person is that God's sending to give you what you need along your journey, but don't discount the little ones. God thinks the little ones are pretty cool, if you know what I mean. I started studying. You guys, David was 10 years old when he was anointed king. Esther was 14 years old when she became queen. Mary was 12 to 13 years old when she became pregnant with Jesus. I think children are pretty important to God, amen? And that he wants to use them to bring freedom, and he wants to use them to slay the giants in our life. And we have to put ourselves out there, you guys. For too long, the enemy has put a wedge between us and the youth, telling us that all they want is something from me. All they want is something. What if we started looking and saying, I get to go to youth tonight because I don't know what kid's going to give me a piece of my puzzle that I need to continue on my journey. What if we, I get to go hold a child today because it doesn't get to be held and I get to speak life over it. And when you do that, it gives you so much more back, guys. We have got to quit looking at what the world would tell us to look at, to find that piece of our puzzle that we need to continue on our journey. We got to just start saying, God, what do you have for me? And who are you going to bring? And open our eyes to see those people. Amen? I encourage you guys, if you do not have a relationship with a young person, you need to get a relationship because they will be life-changing. 
I have several. Ashley Abel is another one. I don't know where Ashley is, but she's sitting over there. She's another young girl that God gave me a heart for that I saw. And I was like, you know what? God's given me eyes to see those that the world would say they're not going to have an opportunity. That's what the world said. But God says, I've called them out, and I have called them for such a time as this. And I went after her, and I said, God's got a call on your life. Come be a part of my team. Chris Dobeck, the world told him, you're not going to make it. I went after him. I said, Chris, you can be a part of my team. Brett Carlton, you know, I go after the young people because the world would tell them they're not worthy and that they don't deserve, that God calls them different. Amen? So I encourage you guys, be looking for those people that you would least expect because usually they have something for you that you need to receive. The next thing is, you know what? I can go on any journey, but man, you better tell me where my next pit stop is. I need to know the goal. Where's my final destination? But man, you better tell me where my next pit stop is. I am notorious for working out at the gym and at Fit Body where I work out. You either do 20-second intervals, 30-second, 45, or 55. And believe me, that's the only thing I'm listening for that morning. My final destination is 30 minutes from when it starts, but what's my first, when's my first breather? Because I can do anything. And they say that constantly. You can do anything for 55 seconds. No, you can't. And if you think you can, come see me. I'll show you what they want you to do for 55 seconds. But, um, so you guys, I thought, you guys, do you know the vision? Do you know where we're going as a church? Do you know the pit stops? Because I'm going to tell you guys, I look at pit stops as being from year to year. So we've already started looking into 2019. What does 2019 look for us? What does the final goal look like for us? You guys, 2019 looks like us investing this year. God has been preparing all of us, the staff, everybody, building an amazing team for such a year as 2019. Jeff Waltz even said it to me the other day, and I'm like, whoa. I'm like, Jeff thinks this too? I'm like, whoa, God's going to do great things in 2019, you know? That's why, you guys, I can tell you the initiatives that we've been talking to you guys about my husband and I, we have been running from that for five years. Five years, you guys, God's been telling us to do that. And every year we keep coming up with, yeah, but. And this year we said, we're ready to challenge our people. We're ready to challenge ourselves. We're ready to go where God's calling us to go. So in 2019, you guys, we are going to invest in those ministries that we don't invest in normally. We're going to invest in Clara's Hope and Center of Hope which both of those, you guys, are totally self-funded, meaning they don't take a dime from the church. And they yet have such a flourishing ministry, and it's so important for both of those. We're going to invest in marriage ministries because, you guys, if I have one more close friend come to me and tell me her marriage is over, I'm going to lose it. That is not God's plan, and so we're going to invest in that. We're going to invest in single parents because sometimes it's not your choice of what's happening, and we're going to give them the tools that they need. We're going to invest in the businesses of this community because you guys, you can think you have it all, but if you don't got Jesus, it's nothing, right? We're going to invest in all of this because we want to take care of God's church, amen? We're going to feed kids in Haiti. We are going to do incredible things because he has asked us to. Believe me, 
You guys think it's all because we want to do it? I don't want to do it. Do I want to grow the church? I don't want to grow the church. You know? 200 people, town I grew up in, this is about my max. You know? And the fact that I have to stand up and talk is about my max, which if you can't see, my armpits are really filled right now with <laughs> sweat because I don't do this. But... Um, you guys, we are all about investing in this community, showing the love of God in a tangible way. Because you know what our final goal is? Our final goal is that people would make it almost impossible to go to hell around here because they know the love of each and every one of us. That we would totally abolish divorce in the state of Michigan. That there would not be one child that has a home that is homeless. That they, every child in the state of Michigan would have a forever home that they get to go to that is filled with love. We have a goal, you guys, of seeing Christian businesses that show the love of God in a tangible way to everybody that they come in contact with. We have a goal of our students going to school, whether they're in kindergarten or in college, knowing who they are, calling destiny out of people, and call greater things. We have a goal of seeing our young adults come into knowing how to balance their checkbooks, how to apply for a job interview, how to go into marriage, we have goals, you guys, and 2019 is just a building block. And these aren't our goals. These are God-given goals. But we invite each and every one of you to come alongside us because, like I said, none of us, none of this can happen without each and every one of you guys. And I thank you guys so much for joining us, for being a part. If you guys have not yet partnered with us financially, I encourage you guys to do so. You can get a card from out there. You can get one from your seat pocket in front of you. Oh, wow. Okay. Look, all my staff's leaving. Oh, yes. All right. <laughs> but we invite you guys to partner with us, to be a part of what God is doing, right? Don't you want to get in? Man, I wish I would have got in on ground level when Apple was being sold. You guys want to get in on ground level of what God's doing because he is changing Fenton. He is changing the surrounding communities, and he's using each and every one of us in this room to do it. And it's exciting times for Freedom Center, I can tell you guys right here, right now. So come on, guys. we got a pit stop the end of 2019. We can do it, right? We can do it with God's help. And that's my last point, guys, is when you're on a journey, you got to remember who you're doing that journey for. Amen? I can tell you guys, I am being steady on the journey that I am currently because I want to go before my kids. I want to fight everything in Dina Wiegand that needs to die so that my kids would never know the pain of that. I want to defeat those so my kids get it, that my grandkids get it. I'm on a journey because of my husband. When we first came here, I did not want to come. I did not want to be here. But I looked at my husband in the eye and I said, I love you. I know you hear from God. And if you say it's where we're supposed to be, that's where we'll be. I would follow my husband to the ends of the earth if he told me that's where we were going because I love him and I will face whatever giant I have to face in order that we can go where God's leading him. I will be on this journey for each and every one of you in this room because I'm fighting for your families. 
I'm fighting for you, ladies. I'm fighting for you, men. I'm not fighting for myself, but I will go through whatever God sends me to go through because I know it helps you guys. But lastly, I do this because of God. God has called me to this journey. He has prepared me for such a time as this. I do this journey because for me to do less would not be honoring God. God sent his son into the earth, sent him to the cross, died on the cross so that I would get to spend eternity with him, so that I would know what it's like to be sozoed, saved, healed, delivered. He did all of this for me. How could I do less than that for him to go on the journey that he's called me on? Because it may be hard, it may not be easy, but do you think it was easy for Jesus to go to the cross for us? Do you think it was easy for his mother to watch that? It's not easy, guys. We were never promised an easy road, but we were promised a faithful God to walk beside it with us. We were promised that he would take the bad things in life and he would make them good. We were promised he will walk with us. If you guys are in this room this morning and you don't know Jesus and you're walking this journey out, I can imagine it's probably pretty confusing. It's probably lonely. It's probably heartache. I would encourage you guys this morning, you need to know him because he's got good stuff for you guys. If you're walking this journey and you know him and it's not been easy lately, I want you guys to know he has not forgotten you. He is right there with you. Everything that he has taken you through in the past has prepared you to launch you into your future. He hears what people say about you. He hears what people believe about you. But that's not for you to worry about. Your only concern is to be concerned about what God says about you and who he says you are and to be looking at the things that he has planned for you in the future because he is a good father. Just like our children, you guys, we discipline them, not because it feels good to us, but we discipline them so that they would live the way that we have for them to live. We are disciplined because God's got better for us, you guys. He wants more for us. He doesn't want us going through tribulations or trials and not being godly. But he wants us to know that he's taken me through it. He's going to show me something. He's going to lead me somewhere. I know that God's got me. He's got my best in mind, and he's got your best in mind. Amen? So if you guys don't know him... I encourage you, this morning, altar workers are going to come forward. Come up here. Each and every one of them would love the opportunity to lead you to him, that you would walk out of here knowing him. If you do know him and you're going through a hard time right now, he doesn't want you going through it alone. So many of us think we're the only one going through it if I tell them what's really going on in my life. You know? I can guarantee you just about everybody in this room is going through something and we don't have to go through it alone.
right? He's right there with us. He's got an altar team. He's got people in this room that he wants to carry us and he wants to love on us and he wants to shine through us through each and everything we do, right? So I'm gonna invite you guys this morning to just close your eyes as we close and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna send you guys on your way. But I'm going to encourage you today. Some of you are looking in all the wrong places to find what he has for you. He's got good things for you. Look to him. Look to brothers and sisters in this room. Get in his word, you guys. Some of us need to quit having conversations with people and encourage them to get in the word and know what the word says about it. I can tell you guys, I have been a terrible, terrible counselor to my friend who's going through a divorce right now because my advice to her has been, you need to get a good lawyer. And God convicts me every time because he said, is that what I would have to say about this? And it's not. God's got good things in his word, you guys, that we need to get in. We need to know it. That's how we need to fight the enemy. We need to get on our knees and fight and let God get victory. Amen? So, God, I just thank you this morning for who you are, Father. I thank you that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So, Father, I just pray that what you had me share this morning would bring freedom to people, God. That it would just bring new life in this place, Father that we would all be challenged to do the good works that you have prepared for us to do, Father God, that we would be thankful that we have a family to cook dinner for, that we would be thankful for the kids that we have to drive to school, God. Father, that we would be thankful for a church that has something for everybody, whether it be nursery or a food pantry, Clara's Hope, God, the youth ministry. God, we've got so much, and none of it happens without people sitting in this room. So, Father, I pray that each person in this room would know that they're going through things so that they will have good fruit to give to those people that you bring into their pathway. Father, I pray for the people in this room right now who don't know you. I pray that you would speak loudly to them. I pray that you would draw them, Holy Spirit. I pray for obedient hearts that would just come forward and let people lead them to you. And Jesus, I just thank you so much for going to the cross that we would know life the way that we do, God, saved, healed, set free. And that we get to spend eternity with you, singing your praises all day long, God. We can never say thank you enough. So, Father, I just pray that you would have your way right now. And I thank you for your sons and your daughters. We just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So while altar workers are coming, if that's you, you guys, and you need prayer, I'm going to invite you up here for prayer. If that's not you and you're ready to go, volunteers, please get a drink on your way out and know that it comes from a very grateful heart. I wish it could be more. Children's workers, go down, see Pastor Les and Denise, and let them love on you. 
And again, if you guys are not currently involved in something, I invite you to come be a part of the team and let Jesus use you. Amen? Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.